The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Are you ready? The showstopper, Mr. WrestleMania. Degenerate into something fool. We just got tired of doing what you told us to do. That's a brace, boy. Yeah. Well, you love Sean Michaels or you hate him. It's really irrelevant. He's a magnificent athlete. I will give you a show like you have never, ever seen before. Why? Because I can. Hello and welcome to the HBK podcast, proudly brought to you by SJP World Media. I am Sai, and today we take in Sean's very first WrestleMania WWF World title match. But yet he's not in the main event. He doesn't go on last. That spot is saved for Bam Bam Bigelow taking on a football player. Which apparently, according to Sean in his book, he was fine with. Vince explained to him that having a celebrity, especially in a prominent position as the main event of the pay-per-view, would get eyes on the product. And then hopefully they could keep those eyes on the product going forward. Fresh eyes, fresh viewers and so on. On the other side of the coin, though, I have heard Kevin Nash talk about how this this annoyed Sean and Diesel, uh, who was Sean's opponent on this day, and they went out to try and tear the house down and have the best match they possibly could, best match on the card, to try and upstage whatever happened in the match that followed them. I suppose friendly competition or professional competition is, is always a good thing if it brings out the best in everybody, and this match, I think, does go on to steal the show at WrestleMania 11. The pay-per-view was first broadcast on the 2nd of April, 1995. It comes to us from the Hartford Civic Centre in Connecticut. There are 16,305 in the building and the buy rate was around 340,000. The WWF at this time was in the toilet. Financially, uh, business-wise, buy rates were down, as I just mentioned. Um, They were not... (laughs) Their biggest pay-per-view here, WrestleMania, is in a venue that they wouldn't even consider for television. Uh, in previous years and I also read uh, somewhere in my research for this particular event they hadn't even sold out a non-televised show at Madison Square Garden since 1989 so there was definitely a decline happening here we all know about what happens with regards to the the, the mid-90s being a, a dying time for the business until Austin explodes the Attitude Era and then on the other channel the w, uh, WCW or the NWO and obviously Nash who's in this match jumping across and the rest of the business catching fire again. But here in 95, it really is a different world. It's it's sometimes a hard watch take, taking in these these pay-per-views in 95. The 95 Rumble, as great as a performance as, as Shawn Michaels himself puts on, you see how much crap is on that roster in that 30-man over-the-top rope match. The, the, the names that came out for it, even bringing in guys from elsewhere to bolster the numbers, 
it was just it, the 95 rumble and then you check out the SummerSlam 95 as well the card there you can really see how poor a state the wwf and pro wrestling itself was in in 1995 wcw at this time hadn't caught fire yet the the hogan arrival had petered out the, the excitement of hogan switching sides so to speak had uh, had died off and 1995 wcw is is atrocious so the, the wrestling business in general in the, in america especially was in a state as is the way with wrestlemania i guess uh, there's plenty of celebrity involvement here we have a young lad from home improvement which is a hugely popular um, sitcom in america and the uk to be honest in the 90s I and mean, it's getting re-shown now i think on one of the sky channels it's not as funny as i remember it being it's a bit cheesy to be fair but as a kid um, I know my dad really enjoyed it and we used to watch it in the evenings so my dad would have it on and, and I, I found it funny as a child but now it's, it's not a good watch back to be fair. We also have Pamela Anderson involved, uh, a, a sort of secondary date for her after her involvement with the Raw Rumble. The winner of the Rumble was to be escorted to the ring by Pamela Anderson who of course was a huge star in 1995 with Baywatch and, and so on and we also had Nicholas Turturro, who was one of the stars of MYPD Blue, which was, again, a very big show of that time. He was the guest ring announcer. I always struggle with celebrities doing the ring announcing. I, I can't remember anyone doing it well. And Burt Reynolds at WrestleMania 10 was decent enough, just because it was Burt Reynolds, and he, he described Brett as his, his favourite wrestler, which was quite good, and then Lawler's reaction on commentary and so on. But celebrity ring announcers, I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of, to be honest. And it, this, this ring announcement here for for your WWF World Champion Diesel, it does fall flat. The guy gets really excited and, and almost peaks too early with the line "Big Daddy Cool" and then kind of goes only oh, Diesel afterwards. And it, it's, it doesn't quite work for me. But ultimately, again, celebrity involvement gets more eyes on the product, I suppose. Uh, Sid is also here. Big Psycho Sid, Sid Vicious, Sid Justice, whichever way you want to refer to him as. He is Sean's bodyguard for this occasion. Uh, he has been brought in solely to try and even the odds because this match has a kind of unique dynamic, really. Uh, Diesel, Kevin Nash, we all know about the size of this guy. He's over 300 pounds. He's seven foot tall and so on. He's the babyface champion. Sean is a much smaller guy, weighs a lot less. He is the heel challenger. And in theory... You look at it and think, okay, if these two got in a fight, Diesel, because of his size advantage and his power and so on, would just kick Sean's head in. So it became kind of, I, I don't know, it's a little bit more of a situation where you don't want the babyface going into the match as a huge favour, I guess. So they're trying to build Sean's corner. They're trying to stack Sean's corner. And Vince McMahon even calls Sean Michaels the favourite at the beginning of the match because of Sid being at ringside, which is quite interesting. Um, the beginning of the match is, is quite cool as well I mean Sean makes his entrance and he has uh, Jenny McCarthy on his arm no Pamela Anderson as yet and people are wondering where she is she hasn't been able to be found all night long at Wrestlemania Diesel then makes his entrance through the really cool shattering glass image that we get for Austin in later years here for Diesel at Wrestlemania 11 he walks out to a certain point in the aisleway turns around beckons to the aisleway and out comes Pamela Anderson. She is escorting Diesel, which you know Jerry Lawler kicks off about and says it's not right and so on. It just adds a little bit more to the match. I, I thought that was quite fun. Uh, Diesel and Pamela Anderson get in the ring 
and Sid climbs up on the apron. Um, Diesel turns and swings for him, to which then Sean runs at Diesel. Diesel backdrops Sean incredibly high over the top rope to the floor. Uh, whilst his music is still playing, this is all still part of the, the, the you know Diesel's entrance. He then poses in the ring with Pamela Anderson whilst the lights dim and all his pyro goes off. And it's it again, it's very, it's very ninety-five. You've got stars of that era. It's a small arena, and Diesel is your champion, and the pyro is very 95, but it's still quite a cool moment to see. It's quite a cool visual. The match begins then, and, and Sean is it just he's so quick here. It just You can tell that he's really working his, his balls off to try and, A, get Diesel over, and B, raise his own stock, I suppose. It's his first proper WrestleMania main event, or, or title match at least. Uh, Sean is running all over the place, bouncing the ropes, ducking under Diesel's punches and clotheslines and so on, um, until Sean gets hit just by one punch from Diesel and bumps all over the place. And again, literally in that, I suppose, what would it be, 30-second clip at the beginning of this match, it really tells you the story that they're trying to uh, put forward in this contest. Diesel is huge and powerful and strong, but he's not very mobile. Sean may not be as strong or as powerful as his opponent, but he's very quick and he's got to hit and move and so on. It's an incredibly you know, simplistic way of telling a story in a wrestling match. Little guy is quicker than the big guy. But here, the dynamic is, again, as I mentioned earlier, a little bit different because the big guy is the babyface. So he's not this almighty giant that the babyface has to overcome. He is the giant himself. So it's incredibly interesting seeing how they, how they make this work. Sean is given another incredibly high back body drop before being sent over the top rope. Um, and then gets really pissed off at a photographer at ringside. This WrestleMania has so many photographers hanging around at ringside. And they, in this match in particular, they're in the way a lot of the time. And Sean gets very cross and starts ragging them around and throwing them out of the way and so on. Which, again, plays into his heel persona. But I don't think that's his motivation. I think looking at Sean, he's pissed off they're in the way. And I think rightfully so, because it is a nuisance. Diesel's in control for these early moments as Sean tries to sort of, you know, hit and move with his speed and uh, his agility and so on before eventually Sean spits at Diesel to goad him into a corner. I, I hate any spitting spot in wrestling. It's bloody disgusting. But here, he Sean spits at Diesel. Uh, Diesel runs into the corner because he's angry about this. Sean moves. Diesel goes crashing into the corner and then Sean is running towards that same collection of turnbuckles, jumping on the middle rope, throwing a few punches. Diesel pushes it, pushes him off like he's an, an annoyance. Sean comes back again. And again, Sean's movement here is lightning fast, cat-like agility, jumping onto the ropes and so on, before eventually Diesel hits one big right hand and Sean is floored again. So again, it just adds more and more to the whole um, method they're trying to create here, the whole, the whole story they're trying to create with their match from bell to bell of the power of Diesel is just too much for Sean. But Sean is so quick, can he get away from that and, and build his own offense, I suppose? We then get a really cool spot where Sean hits Diesel with a clothesline, but they both go over the top rope to the floor, except Sean grabs the top rope and then does the whole, you know, the old skinning of the cat, I suppose it is, and, and pulls himself back into the, uh, into the ring. He climbs to the top rope then and hits a really spectacular crossbody to the floor. And it's, again, it's 1995. These aren't skinny little cruiserweights wrestling for AEW or whatever. These are big fellas, even short. He doesn't look it here in comparison to Diesel and Sid, but he's not a small guy. And he's flying around like a cruiserweight. It's, it's brilliant to see. 
A photographer gets in the way again and gets ragdried all over the place before Diesel goes for an elbow. Sean moves and Diesel hits the ring post. Um, and at this point, you can hear a small section of the crowd chanting for Sid, which is quite interesting. Um, I mean, Sid looks incredible here. He's got the leather waistcoat on. He's he's obviously like, just ripped, isn't he, Sid? He's all, he always looked incredible physical-wise. And uh, they're all chanting for Sid here. Sean hits a splash from the apron to the floor, which, again, looked pretty cool for the time. Um, and, and is in control of the match now. Sean's controlling the contest. He hits a middle rope bulldog as they get back into the ring. Not a move I'm familiar with Sean using too much, if I'm honest. I don't remember that being in many of his matches, but again, it, it looked very good because of the sheer size of Diesel, the sheer you know, mass that he's trying to bulldog, I suppose. We then start getting some cheers for Sean from the audience. Uh, a let's go Sean chant and so on. Now, this was not the plan at all, obviously. Vince... Um, Vince McMahon did not want Sean to be a babyface. Quite famously, Bruce Pritchard and Pat Patterson were very keen on turning Sean babyface. But Vince would never, ever even listen to the to the conversation. or that, well, He would never have that conversation or listen to their argument. He was like, no, he's a, he's a snotty little punk. He's an arrogant little git. He's a perfect heel. But sections of the crowd are chanting for Sean because he was so athletic and so exciting to watch, I guess. Uh, Diesel is struggling with his ribs and, and, and sort of back and so on. Um, he's he's on the floor at this point. Um, and then Sean climbs to the top rope as Diesel's flat out. And I'm looking and I'm thinking, it, it, surely he's too far away. Diesel's about three quarters of the ring away from the corner that Sean has chosen. But Sean hits that incredible, spectacular top rope elbow drop. And manages to go right the way across the ring and land it into Diesel's ribs. And again, it looked superb. But initially, I thought, I don't remember this. Surely he's too far to hit that move. But he pulled it off and it was it was spectacular. Um, Sean then applies a sleeper for a while. And we get the standard baby face arm drops once, arm drops twice. And then Diesel kind of powers out of it and almost does his own big daddy cool version of, of hulking up, I guess. Like how Hogan would back in the day. Um, Diesel fights back and he's in, you know, he's having his babyface comeback here. Um, before we end up going to the outside of the ring, Sid is on the outside of the ring. The referee wants to stop Sid interfering. Earl Hebner, the referee, jumps out of the ring. We don't see this on camera, but lands awkwardly and damages his ankle. And he's in a lot of pain. We can see here that the, the referee is really struggling. And that wasn't part of the script for want of a better phrase he's really really struggling here and it does hinder him in everything he does from that moment onwards um as diesel climbs back into the ring runs the ropes sean is there and hits the switch of music the super kick and diesel's out for the count he's he's done sean makes the cover there's no one there to count it though because oh heaven's on the outside hurt sid rather shall we say roughly perhaps a little bit meanly, picks the ref up and throws him back into the ring. Uh, we get a two count here. It's, Diesel kicks out relatively easily from the super kick, and the crowd didn't like that. There's a bit of booing for Diesel here when he kicks out of the super kick as easily as he did, uh, which is touched upon, again, in Sean's book. It was something that Vince really wanted to happen. They wanted to, to quote uh, Sean. Vince was saying to Kevin that he wanted him to look strong and kick out of the finish, you know, not make it down to 2.9, kick out and look strong and so on. Sean and Diesel were against this. Vince got his way. Apparently after the match, 
Vince did say, yeah, I made a mistake. You you boys were right. So, yeah, I mean, they were correct if that conversation did go as as you read in the book because the, the crowd really did not enjoy that at all. Sid then cuts the turnbuckle cover away from the top rope. So we have an exposed metal turnbuckle. Uh, Diesel hits a side suplex and both guys are down before Sean makes a cover after a long pause for a two count and the crowd go crazy when Diesel kicks out here just at 2.9 which you kind of wish was the, the sweet chip music spot I suppose thinking about it now as, as I talk to you if they'd done that for the sweet chip music spot the, the pop would have been pretty spectacular I'd, I'd imagine but there we go it is what it is Sean climbs to the middle rope um, no idea what he's trying to do here, but he jumps from the middle rope and Diesel catches him in midair. And that was, it, it looked incredible. It looked spectacular. The power of Diesel here on display uh, hits him with a big side slam, which again, seeing Diesel swing his legs in the air and then just drop a guy down on their spine. It, it's it's incredibly, it's, it's spectacular. There's no other way of wording it. It's it's, it's brilliant to see. Um, we, get a, we get a slingshot into the corner from Diesel towards the metal buckle, but they're so far away, Sean doesn't make it to the top buckle and bumps off the middle buckle instead. I've never fully known whether that was supposed to happen or whether Sean was supposed to hit the top turnbuckle. I imagine he was supposed to hit the top turnbuckle. Otherwise, Sid cutting the cover off means nothing because it's not used in any other moment in the match. So it must have been for this spot. But Diesel attempted it from so far away. The, the slingshot, sorry. Attempted it from so far away. Sean bumped into the middle buckle instead. So I, I can only imagine that it was supposed to be the top turn buckle. Otherwise, why would Diesel do it? It wasn't used anywhere else. But there we go. Uh, Sean is sent into the ropes, given a big boot. The The signal for the jackknife powerbomb is thrown by Diesel. The crowd are cheering. He hits the jackknife and wins the match. I really, really enjoyed this. I think this is a little bit of a sleeper, a little bit of a, a WrestleMania match that sort of goes under the radar. Because at WrestleMania 10, of course, we have that spectacular ladder match that was just a, a sight to behold. At WrestleMania 12, of course, we have the Iron Man with Brett. This not being the actual main event or going on last, and the fact it's from a quite a, a weaker WrestleMania in comparison to what was going on around it either way, you know, years before, years, years after. I think maybe this gets overlooked a little bit. But I really enjoyed this. It's a straight-up wrestling contest between a huge, powerful guy and a much smaller, quicker opponent. They tell a great story. There's some spectacular spots in it. Diesel looks fantastic here. I know ultimately it doesn't work out with Diesel as the world champion, especially in this babyface role. But Diesel looks great here, and the crowd are into him. I mean, yes, they're chanting for Sean at certain moments in the match, but on his entrance and when he hits certain moves and then the finish of the match... With the jackknife and the cover. The crowd are into Diesel here. He gathers all these celebrities in the ring afterwards. And they all celebrate together and so on. But yeah, Diesel, I think, really... He looked great. Um, probably one of Kevin Nash's best matches of his career. I mean, Nash, as as a wrestling mind... It, you know, many people have different op opinions of him. As an attraction, again, different people have different opinions of him. But he always looked the part. He always looked cool or looked intimidating, and he's obviously gifted naturally by being seven foot tall and so on. But in ring, he was, of course, he was very limited. We're all fully aware of that. So Sean would be the guy carrying the majority of the hard work here, which you see when you watch this match back. 
but probably Diesel Kevin Nash's best match of his career, or at least in the top couple, I would say. Um, my rating for this out of 10 would be 7.5. If you've not seen this match in a while or not seen it before, I would recommend going and checking it out at WrestleMania 11. It just shows how how good Sean was working against bigger guys. And of course, we get that later in the year as well, because the following night, we have Diesel rescuing Sean from Sid's attack. And then Sean and Diesel are then reunited. And Sean turns babyface, despite Vince being adamant that that wasn't going to happen. And Sean begins the babyface run that leads to the 96 Rumble win, and then going to Mania the following year, which, of course, we will cover here on the HBK pod next time. WrestleMania 12 is, is the next one we will be looking at. Interestingly enough as well, there's also the story that at WrestleMania 11, Sean and Kevin Nash were sat down discussing their match and a very young Triple H approached them and said, hi, I'm new in the company. I've been told you're the guy used to hang around with, so I'd like to travel with you. And that was the first time that Triple H and Shawn Michaels met. So a little bit of history there backstage at this particular event. But yeah, seven and a half out of 10 for me, I think. So then next time here on the HBK podcast, we'll be looking at the Ironman match against Brett Hitman Hart from WrestleMania 12. Really going to be an interesting one for me. I've not seen that match back for a very long time. And it tends to fall, people's opinions, sorry, tend to fall in two sort of real teams i guess there's a divide there it's either an absolute clinic or it's boring i'm going to watch it back and I'll, I'll see what i think may well have a guest on next week as well which i'm looking forward to if we can uh, arrange the timings correctly um, a big bret hart fan to battle me the big Shawn michaels fan so we'll see how that goes could be an interesting conversation but i'm looking forward to looking at that match regardless anyway as i said been a long time since i've seen it so yeah looking forward to checking that out uh, you need to be checking us out as well online by following at the HBK pod, at the HBK pod, and the network that carries this show at SJP World Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all that great stuff. Make sure you're following us, liking us, subscribing, and everything else. Uh, and that is it again for this week's HBK pod. Next week, WrestleMania 12, hopefully with a guest. If not, just me again. But thank you so much for listening.